Chris, Chris, wake up. We've made it to Maine, dude. We made it. Oh, man, how long have I been out? Dude, it's been over fucking two days. Two days on horseback, brother. Is it me or is Blue Ball is looking a little bluer than usual? Oh, yeah, he does not look very good. I mean, I just assumed because he hadn't worked since episode four that he'd have a little bit more energy than this. I mean, it was 250 miles. Well, Chris, he has to suck it up. You know why? Because we're traditionalists, bud, and we're outdoorsmen, and he's joining us on this journey. You know damn well we're headed to Seguin Lighthouse tonight, bud. This very lighthouse was commissioned by George Washington himself in 1795. Now, if I can do it and you can do it, Blue Balls can sure as hell do it. Well, now that we're here, how the hell are we going to get to the island? Ooh, well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, look down there. You see those two kayaks? We're going to kayak two miles. Bud... What aren't you getting here? We are rugged outdoorsmen. This is what it's all about. It's not the destination, Chris. It's the journey. I'm going to put blue balls in the back with me, and you hop in that kayak. I don't know. Isn't there sharks and shit over here? Nah, man. I have done my research on this, bud. There's maybe one or two sightings a year, but pretty much all it's all here say. We're safe. You're safer in the water than you are on land, bud. Come on. Let's go. That doesn't make sense, but okay. <laughs> Look at you go. There you go. This is one hell of a workout. Yeah. Oh, this is smooth sailing. Hey, Blue Balls, can you grab me a drink out of the cooler there? What the fuck is that? Ooh. Uh, Something just fucking hit my boat. I think it was the uh, elusive main seagull. Uh, you're fine. Uh, me and Blue Bulls are just going to... Underwater seagull? <laughs> me and Blue Bulls are just going to uh, paddle this way a little bit uh, further away from you. Uh, I, I'm getting the feeling that something's circling my kayak. Holy shit, look at the size of that door so fan. Oh, fuck. Chris! Oh, Chris! Shit! Chris! No! Hey, Blue Bulls, why don't you uh, swim over there and get his kayak? Uh, I don't think Chris is going to be needing that. Number 19 of the Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co host, Chris. Now, Chris, it's been a while, bud, so we really need to get to the bottom of what's going on here. And I think the secret lies with you, my friend. You're going to give us all the answers we're looking for, starting with this one. How are you? I hope no one's looking for answers because <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> but. I'm the same as I was when we last recorded, which seems like eons ago. Oh my god, three or four fucking months ago, who knows? <laughs> I, I keep putting on the Facebook page, new episode coming, new episode coming. <laughs> By the time it gets ready for us to record at night, we're just like, ah, fucking shot, tired. Leave the listeners guessing. <laughs> Will we even come back? <laughs> and the, the big question is, does anybody give a flying fuck? <laughs> 
Has anyone missed us at all? No. The answer is uh, no. And we, let me tell you, nothing has changed. And I mean by nothing, I mean our ability to research is still the same, if not worse. Uh, well, I do have a couple articles open on tonight's subject right in front of my face. And I, I did uh, give a quick glance to them about 10 minutes ago. So we'll, uh, we'll see what we can uh, pull out of the hat tonight. But other than that, what's going on in your world, Chris? Uh, lots of gardening. A lot of people want to garden right now. And uh, taking full advantage of that, that's for sure. That's awesome. You Beautiful. had a you had a twelve hour day the other day. Rumor has it. Ugh. Yeah, I will have to say that's definitely been a nice a nice change. Even though it's more tiring to start doing more physical labor versus just sitting at a desk. So I hear you, man. Because that could that fucking just sitting there gets you mentally drained and it fucking makes you crazy. At least it does to me. Oh yeah, and and just like you sleep way better too. So. Well, well, bud, I've been lucky enough to be very busy, too. And the reason I'm busy is because of my wife, Lara's to-do list. Which has been not... <laughs> what have uh, <laughs> you had to do? Which has been, I mean, everything. Which has been non-fucking-stop since this uh, New York pause pandemic bullshit has started. Let me run down the list here. I've sanded down... Stained and refinished the floors. I've uh, set up a couple of new stone steps out front. Planted some new fucking uh, flower gardens and all that shit. Seeded the lawn. Painted shit. I don't know, man. But uh, I think it's time I uh, follow suit and socially distance myself from that little to-do list. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing anyway, Chris? Oh, really, Bill? Oh, indeed. I'm going to be a good listener this time, Chris. (laughs) The fuck you are, pal. Uh, so, uh, I guess we should dive into tonight's topic. And let's start by saying that this one is located in the state of Maine. And if you know us, we love, love Maine. Maine. It is our favorite place on earth. We probably will take a majority of this just talking about our favorite things about Maine. <laughs> <laughs> so, bear with us. Well, my favorite town in Maine is York, and I cannot wait to get back there. Hopefully, by the end of the summer, the, the York uh, Arcade, the little uh, zoo they have there, the town, the fucking double lighthouse. Oh, my God, it's the best. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I, like, for me, I have multiple, f- like, ones that I really like. Like, kind of Bunkboard is nice, and York, and Perkins Cove. Perkins Cove is beautiful. You've made it up a farther north than I ever have, though. Like you've been up to Bar, yeah. Bar Harbor. Bar, Bar Harbor is actually my my favorite one. I think that's yeah, that's a good trek up there, and it's uh, it's got Acadia National Park, which has got a lot of like amazing hikes over there. So that's, I mean, if, if I had the choice, I absolutely would move to Maine. You know, if, if I could find like sustainable work up there and stuff, I would absolutely move. There's just. Last time I was in uh, York last year or the year before, I ordered this fucking blueberry beer, and it came with actual blueberries floating around on top of it. It was the best fucking beer I've had in a while. Yeah, dude, that's the thing that's great about there, too, is if you go in there in August, I think August is their big blueberry harvests up there, because their state's known for blueberries, because they just grow wild all over. Their soil is just naturally acidic, so Mm -hmm. it's like, it basically is perfect growing conditions for blueberries so they grow wild everywhere up there and they have a lot of like like you said like the beer they have a 
different types of blueberry beers and then they have like a blueberry pancake fest like they'll do f- huge blueberry fests up there in august it's just bro i can amazing. guzzle blueberries like i buy pints of them all the time like they're throwing protein oh. shakes and shit like i can actually just sit there and guzzle the whole fucking thing on the way home <laughs> they're they are really good i i when you go hiking in a lot of spots in maine you'll just see them on the side who knows if, if it's we're supposed to be snacking on them, but they're uh, they're delicious even even there. They're not as big as you'd find in like a supermarket or something, but they're they're just everything about Maine that you know is just amazing. Their coastline. I'm a lobster fan, so the lobster, the views. It's a different way of living, that's for sure, buddy. One uh, positive note of something that's happening here in New York is that uh, I believe, and I don't want to jinx it, Chris, but I think. Baseball may be on its way back, and the Mets may be opening a mini spring training camp back at City Field within the next few days. Wow. I haven't been following too closely on uh, <clears throat> reopening sports, but I know uh, this has got to be, like, killer for every sport out there. I mean, talk about a, a business, basically, that relies entirely on their fans and, and ticket sales, you know, not being able to have any. Like, what are they... I just read that. I think that, so. To date, MLB has lost over six hundred and twenty fucking billion dollars. How crazy is that? That's disgusting. Fucking nuts. Your average stadium. What do they? What do they go for? They go for like anywhere from nine hundred million to like a little over a billion dollars for for an entire stadium to be built. Yeah, bro. So like that much money is crazy. It's fucking insane. But uh, yeah, hopefully they're on their way back. And uh, let's. Hope soon, because I need something to fucking watch on TV. I mean, I love baseball. I love hockey. And, you know, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I guess I can do without it, because maybe it's just the time of year, too, because there's so much for me to do outside that I just don't pay attention to it as much. But, like, I I don't miss it like I thought I would miss it. But I'm sure when it comes back, I'll I'll know what that I've. I think it's just like anything else. You just start getting used to it. Like so, if it fucking, I mean, if it missed this year, I think we. I mean, obviously we all adjust. It's just fucking sports. But it's just like anything. Like so, like now with the kids being out of school, like I don't miss fucking waking up earlier, you know, and dropping them off. I don't miss the pickup at the school. So I'm kind of adjusting nicely to everything. (laughs) I I gotta be honest with you. This thing could go for as long as it wants because <laughs> I really do like it. You know, have to, you know, you're you're less likely to have to go out to see people, and I don't know. I, I guess I'm just I'm I'm content with kind of being a homebody. I don't know. Well, I mean, when I mean, because you go out and there's only fucking three or four stores open, so you have like up here you have Lowe's, Home Depot, the supermarkets, and fucking Walmart are open, right? But it's like it's a goddamn jungle in these fucking places. So, like, I think people are just trying to get out and, and and socialize a little bit. But, like, you have people that you would never usually see in Lowe's, you know, buying just random shit. Or so at least it looks like to me. I see a fucking guy in the other day with the, you know, the mask and the rubber gloves on. Everybody's got the mask on. That's fine. But this guy's got the rubber gloves on. And he's touching all the shit. He's touching the shit on his cart. He's touching the cart. He's touching all the items on the shelves. Then reaches for his fucking phone. He starts typing something into his phone, texting somebody, and then puts the fucking phone up to his face. So what's the point of the fucking gloves if you're just going to rub all of your, your fucking measly little fucking fingers all over everything, touch your phone, and then rub it up against your face? It's the same shit. It's not wearing the goddamn uh, gloves. My favorite is the people that have the, the masks that are, uh, are below the nose. <laughs> I see. 
<laughs> so fucking uh, stupid. That's the thing with the gloves, too. Like, you could wear gloves, but I feel like you're more likely to contaminate other things by wearing the gloves than you are without it. Because at least without it, you just wash your hands. Wash your fucking hands, yeah. Yeah, but then when you have the gloves on, like, any, anywhere you're... Like, if you touched one thing that was contaminated, and then you're still wearing the gloves, you're touching everything else. What's the point? You know what's kind of fucking crazy is, though, like, how there are so many signs out there now for people to wash their hands. And now I'm starting to think, maybe people just need this fucking <laughs> reminder. How many dirty fucks were walking around us that, like, just weren't washing their hands when they go to the bathroom and shit? Nasty animals. Oh, yeah. What do they say? Like, three in ten people wash Ugh. their hands? And that's the the thing, too, like, that might end up coming from this. Because people are now so ingrained with this new mentality, I bet you're going to see a huge drop in flu cases now. I would hope so. Because people are just more maintenance involved, less likely to to put their fingers in their mouths or whatever. I bet the, the amount of all diseases and viruses probably drop as a result of this. Well, you know, they, they got to switch these fucking, uh, all these like urinals and, and, and toilets and the sinks to all automatic. Like, you know, because you, you, you can't come out of the fucking stall. I can't see some fucking gross bastard coming out of a stall who has just wiped his ass. Come and have to push down the faucet. Wipe his hand, you know, you know. Then he lathers up his hands with the soap. Now his hands are clean, but then he touches the goddamn faucet again with the the the, the, with, where, the sh- with the shit that was just on it. <laughs> yeah. The, I, then you and I are next in line. There's a lot of places that already have the automatic thing, and I, you know what, I I've been cutting back on. Like in the beginning, I was using a little bit of that hand sanitizer, but I've cut back a lot on that. I just don't. I don't think that's that's a good thing to be using like repeatedly on your hands. Just well, like you got to build up. Yeah, you you have to use your immunity too. Your body. Needs yeah. to build up an immunity to it too. If you use that hand sanitizer regularly, you'll you'll see all these magical little cuts come up that you didn't even know you had. <laughs> Let's get started with the story because I I gotta go to bed after this. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> all right, as Chris had mentioned, tonight we are headed to the beautiful state of Maine. Not just Maine, coastal Maine. Oh, yes. Chris, um, why don't you do the honors tonight? Tell us where we're going. We are on our way via boat, I might add, because this is an island. We are heading to the Seguin Lighthouse. Seguin Lighthouse! Located on Seguin Island. And every time I say Seguin, I'm going to say it a different way, most likely. So Yeah, is it? How do you... <laughs> because I've watched a bunch of videos on it. Everybody says it, says it different. Seguin. Seguin. So I, I guess Seguin Lighthouse. So we got this fucking seagull lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> this is located in the Gulf of Maine, which is south of... No, I think you mean the Gulf of Mexico, Chris. But I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. This is... Uh, I keep forgetting. Um, this is just south of the infamous Kennebec River... And a little fun fact for our listeners, Kennebec, you may be familiar with Kennebec potatoes, which were named after this famous river in Maine. This lighthouse was established in 1795, and who but George Washington himself commissioned it? Ooh. Obviously, that's not the reason why we're talking about this lighthouse, even though that is a pretty cool fun fact. I love anything that kind of dates back to, like, post-Revolutionary War or anything to do around the Revolutionary War. So, in the late 1700s, this was commissioned by Georgie L. George. Uh, (laughs) And 
the lighthouse itself had seen, obviously, a couple light keepers in its day, uh, but some interesting things transpired throughout the lifespan of this lighthouse, which is currently uh, the second oldest lighthouse on the coast of Maine, and it is the only lighthouse, I might add, that houses a first order Fresnel lens. Ooh, I had been which... one. I had been wondering about that. <laughs> With that said, let's dive into the more interesting stories that oh, occurred. This is the this <laughs> this is my favorite one. First story we're going to cover is one of these old uh, haunted stories. So we never actually get the name of the fucking guy or the the lighthouse keeper who supposedly committed this crime. <laughs> but I'm looking back at the, the list here, and the first reported lighthouse keeper from 1796 to 1802 was Mr. John Polariski, or some shit like that. But the funny... I shouldn't say funny, <laughs> if it's true. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll take this as uh, old folklore. Apparently, the lightkeeper there brought his wife along with him, so they were very secluded on this island, and uh, she apparently was, I guess, complaining of boredom or he wanted to give her something to be able to do during the day while he was working and whatnot. So as the story goes, he purchased her a grand piano, which sounds beautiful. Right, Chris? I do love the sound of a good grand piano, but... Yeah, uh, and uh, so did he. Uh, but when uh, the lightkeeper opened up the grand piano, there was some sheet music inside only for one song and his wife being a diligent worker as she was began to learn the song and play it over and over and over and over and over again now you can imagine being stuck mm. on this <laughs> oh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is not good you can imagine being stuck on this island where you're going through i don't know bouts of boredom maybe depression or loneliness or whatnot so any little thing that probably normally wouldn't be an irritant in your life can uh, be exacerbated by uh, the circumstances. And uh, I think that's what happened here. Because as uh, Miss Lightkeeper continued to learn the song and play it over and over and over again, uh, Mr. Lightkeeper apparently lost his cool one night, Chris, and um, he used uh, an instrument that he had at his disposal. Now, have you ever played the axe before, Chris? And I don't mean the guitar. I've taken a few swings at it. <laughs> oh, my man, that is what this guy did. Uh, he lost his shit from her playing the fucking song nonstop. He took an axe to the grand piano, smashed the thing to fucking smithereens, and then unfortunately went after her next. And, uh, you know, when you uh, collide an axe with a human skull, uh, you often have disastrous results for the aforementioned skull so after he uh murdered her he then turned the axe on himself i mean i don't know <laughs> how does one do that <laughs> this guy had one hell of a swing yeah i mean i guess you just i guess if you had enough force <laughs> knock maybe himself. just jump into the fucking ocean yeah i mean just yeah just jump on the rocks or something but i don't know is this an irrational act i, I mean i don't know i don't even know if this is a true story but it's it's one of the earliest legends that took place there but i mean like if you're stuck there so we're talking back in the 1700s so like nowadays they only have one ferry i believe that goes back and forth each day 
even with the advancements today, it's still only one trip. So imagine how many times they would make the trip out there in 17 fucking 96, maybe once a, a month, maybe, or once every two months to make sure these people are right. So, I mean, if your relationship is, is even a little troubled, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to end fucking badly. Can't you imagine him going to her like, stop playing that fucking song? And she's like, oh, fuck you. And the thing starts up again. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. You, you, I mean, that, I'm sure that resonated throughout the whole place. There's no way you can even get away from it. He couldn't escape it. It's like almost like The Shining. Like you're just. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Good point. You're, you're, you're trapped in this one place for, uh, God, how many, I don't know how long they were there for, but your only escape is to get a ferry. Yeah, like once a day and uh well because if you look at it 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 generally looks like it's a minimum of a two-year stay per light keeper but it seems like most guys average about four years or so i mean there's some that stay upwards of 10 years but my then then you're just you're getting up in sociopathic uh levels (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) or or complete anti-social fucking behavior Maybe, like, certain lifestyle, like, some people's personalities fit lifestyles like that. Like, mine, for instance. But Seriously, I fucking hate everybody, so I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd mind it. As long as I had, like, a computer and a phone and shit. Yeah. I think, I think no matter what, like, I love the coast of Maine, but I think after being on the same little plot, looking at the same thing for four years straight, that, you know, I might be like, all right, it's time to... I mean, I don't know. If I had a fishing pole and I could fish out of that thing and... I guess if you had a kayak and you can just kind of like wander with it or something, I don't know. But that's definitely uh, a way to test one's marriage, that's for sure. And tested it did, and unfortunately, uh, it got an F. <laughs> as you said, this, we don't know if it's true. Well, this but. is a story. When you take a tour of this place, like as of right now, I believe that the island is closed to visitors due to... Uh, an underwater cable, uh, electrical cable that is giving them some issue, but we'll get into that. But this is generally the first story that you hear on your way out to the island. So this is the one that kind of feeds you for like old, uh, you know, haunted lore of the island. And, you know, it's kind of the shit people want to hear, you know, if they're looking to uh, examine or uh, investigate a haunted fucking lighthouse. Yeah, and and, uh, that clip on um, YouTube of this woman who basically stays the night at this lighthouse and basically the, the story that they tell is that this same story with the the axe murder the story behind it is that people who go in the lighthouse at night you know you could still hear the piano playing <laughs> i think i've used that in every episode <laughs> and it can be used in every episode that's for sure this is kind of like your typical uh haunted tv show where they go in, they hear something in quotes, and uh, everyone takes their word for it. So it, it's like that fucking show with the guy that looks just like you, uh, Zach Baggins, or the <laughs> 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 like. Something's always heard just off camera, or a door slams oh. right behind, and the camera just fucking misses it. You don't fucking say. <laughs> the camera catches the the <laughs> the guy slam the thing shut. <laughs> For me, as unbelievable as it seems to this video, look, you're on an island in the ocean and an abandoned, or at least there's nobody in the lighthouse at the time, and you're spending the night. I don't care if it is haunted or not. That is going to freak the shit out of you, especially since the thing is was dated back in 17, 
the late 1700s. Dude, especially if you're like you said, if you're by yourself, your mind's already just gonna play tricks with you. Especially if you're a little uneasy going in, there's no fucking way you're not going to at least imagine something happening to you. You know? Oh yeah, and that's it. Once your mind thinks something's going on, I remember when when we went to a an apartment that shall not be named. <laughs> just the fact that we knew the history behind what what happened in there, like it just makes your 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 hair stand up well, like you just feel like a presence yeah well i'll, I'll give a little bit of a rundown on that so <laughs> uh, there's an apartment in uh my town here that legend has it that uh, a mother and a child died due to a fire we had heard about this so chris and i went down to it place was abandoned it was like a or used that as a fucking cellar storage cellar and whatnot but you have to preface before what this place was used as oh that's right well this is the this was the first hospital in our town here and the downstairs of this fucking multi-apartment building was uh actually the first morgue in this town having that knowledge you're already going to be fucked up so (laughs) chris and i go down here to examine it and uh the landlord never told me that he decided to install sensor lights so (laughs) when i went to show chris the fucking uh old morgue slash death apartment the fucking lights shut off on us when we moved out of range (laughs) and bravely enough i stood there i stood there and just made sure that, that i was able to direct chris down the right path and get him to safety and then i excused myself and got out of there <laughs> i don't know what went out faster the light or you <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, well <laughs> i didn't even get a notice it was just i turned around and you were gone <laughs> i think well the one time when i had uh my sister-in-law down there she was down there with her. I, I think i <laughs> and it's not one of my prouder moments but i think i actually pushed her out of the way when the same thing happened <laughs> Fuck Clearly, you're trying to push her to safety. <laughs> Fuck that place, dude. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah. So that's the kind of feeling you get when you when there's a story behind any place and it's old to boot. You're setting yourself up for a, a mental fuck, right there. You're just gonna you're gonna think something's going on, and, and even if there isn't. Yeah, well, you know, on that same video, it goes down the list of some of the old timers that had actually stayed there, and I love hearing from them, particularly. This one 99-year-old woman named Connie Small. This lady kicks ass. She was the wife of um, Elson Small, who was the lightkeeper on Seguin Island from 1926 to 1930. So she stayed there for roughly four years, and their marriage lasted. So I guess they must have been strong enough. They (laughs) They didn't have any problems. Hopefully she didn't have a piano in this fucking place, but they made it out alive. Connie said, she goes... You know, and then she's talking 70 years later. She goes, there was definitely some form of presence and a dark spirit on this island. And she says that she just could not get comfortable for as long as they were there. There was just always a sense of being watched or there's areas that you shouldn't go into and whatnot. And she even said that one of the women that went there after her actually was sent to an asylum because she went mad from staying on the island so long. You know, I you begin to ask yourself, you know, is there some sort of paranormal thing going on here? Or is it the fragileness of the fucking minds, which can happen to any of us. You know, if you're going through anything and you're fucking alone and you're desperate, I mean, you can really do some damage to yourself. Absolutely. And I think, too, like, you have to remember how many people are staying at this place over the course of its life. 
I mean, there's a CVS receipt list here. <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding, dude. <laughs> of of names, and you gotta understand that at least one of these people got to be crazy looned, and they're just being secluded. Just you know, made them lose it even further. Eventually, there's gonna be some craziness going down. You're absolutely right. I'm going through this list, and so you know, you think about this: all the people that have stayed there, plus their spouses. The background and the history of them, like the dark and depressing presence that that could be there, you know, it's like it's not like there's going to be much fucking life. So it's not like you're going to be there and think of all these great, happy times because who the fuck are you going to have them with? Oh, yeah. And 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 I know these people usually don't stay too long. And I, I'm, I'm reading them the list here. Some people were literally there just for a year. Oh, yeah. Gone. Know. Fucking see you. <laughs> I wonder if that's just the. They didn't realize what it was going to be like, and they were like, I'm, I'm not coming back. I could imagine, because it probably looks very, like, the, the allure of it's probably pretty cool. I would think, oh, man, it's a beautiful lighthouse. Like, imagine being able to stay out on a noble lighthouse. I mean, granted, that's only a fucking, <laughs> what's that, a stone's throw from the fucking, uh, you right. know, You're in a bucket with a line, you can uh, just make it to the other Yeah, side. I mean, that, that's a little bit of a different story, and you got the ice cream, you got Brown's fucking ice cream. Uh, oh, that's right there. Right around the fucking corner there, but if you're this isolated two and a half miles off the, um, coast <laughs> desperate times if you know if you're prone to feeling lonely man woof yeah i wonder if there's any suicides that happen as a result of this uh, i but. i would imagine i mean i looked into it and i couldn't find any but who the fuck knows man i you would uh you would assume that there would at least be an old history at least one or two of them this leads us into the second person interviewed and his name is ralph sunderland and uh, old ralph is a retired light keeper he apparently was stationed at Seguin Lighthouse in 1960, and I believe he stayed there for upwards of nine years. Now, they don't just drop you off and you stay. I mean, I guess you get some fucking time to come back to the mainland ship, but this guy, he talks about it, and, I mean, he's very well put together, so I don't doubt him, but he goes, there's something there. There is an overwhelming presence. He basically says the same shit that Connie said back from her stay in 1926 through 1930. So this is 30 years later at his stay in 1960, but he reiterates basically the same statements that, you know, there's a dark feeling, especially if you go down to the lower levels. And he say, even says that, you know, you just knew never to go down into that basement area. If you think that, I mean, like, he stayed there for how long? I believe upwards of nine years, I think he said. He's got to be a little bit crazy to, if he felt that way and was still there for nine years. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. His eyes look a little fucking crazy. This guy might be a little <laughs> bit out there. <laughs> but they say, what's funny is that, you know, obviously it's a lighthouse. So uh, the area itself around the lighthouse collects a ton of fog almost nightly. First off, your mind's playing with you by yourself. You hear a bang, the wind, you know, the, the waves crashing against the rocks there. And then the fog moves in, dude. There's nothing scarier than fucking fog when you can't see shit. You can't see fucking two feet in front of your face. I guess it could be scary and it could make you feel a little safer, aside from the fact that it could be haunted. Is like, like no one could sneak up on you. I mean, I guess they could, but like who's going to come kayaking out or taking a boat out two miles to come to a little lighthouse in the well, middle of the water. Well, that's the only thing I could think of as far as, you know, like say you're going there for a trip and then somebody does go to the lighthouse or docks nearby or something and swims in. I mean, but that's such a long shot that it probably would never happen. But, uh, I mean... Can you fucking imagine? Oh. In the middle of the night, hearing a knock on your fucking door and you're, and you're on an island nah, in that, a lighthouse. Then that's no holds barred. You can kill... You're allowed to kill who... <laughs> you are allowed to kill whoever is on the other side of that fucking door. It is shoot on sight at that point. Yes, does not matter. 
Doesn't you are allowed to kill them without consequence of law. <laughs> oh my god. I would probably just turn into a vapor. <laughs> Fuck. That's one of the last lightkeepers that stated that we hear from, and I believe in the mid eighties or so, didn't they begin shutting it down, Chris? Yeah, it looks like in 1985, the lighthouse became automated. So at that point, it didn't need a keeper anymore. You know, a lot of lighthouses are like that. You know, some some actually have families living in it, but some are, are automated these days. There's actually a funny story that goes along with that. As you said, in the mid-80s, 85, you said? In 1985. Yeah. yeah, so I was reading a story on it, and one of the caretakers <laughs> for the island, the island's not done with yet. They're, they're ready to fuck with one more person. So <laughs> as they're removing the furniture, this caretaker, it got a little too late, right? So apparently he didn't want to... Um, go back at night, you know, and I guess the dangers of, you know, being in the fucking water at night and the, the rough waters and not knowing where the fuck you are, maybe he wasn't too familiar. So, as the story goes, this guy was loading all the furniture into the uh, ship that he was leaving on. The next morning, he goes to take off. He had noticed that the <laughs> ship had a, how do we want to put this, his little vessel had sunk. Well, that's very unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah, so it's almost as if uh, the island was giving a, its last, fuck you, you're not taking any of my stuff. As you mentioned earlier, the lighthouse was actually deactivated because of a power cable problem in April of last year, actually, which so very recently. Um, and they were waiting a new generator, and then apparently uh, there's going to be a fix, a permanent fix to where the uh, it could be run off solar panels. So for now, there is actually a beacon out there that's that's a solar beacon so that people don't crash into the island. So someone would almost say it's a beacon of hope. I guess you could call it that. Am I right, Chris? I say Chris. Uh, I I say Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man. So we have to fucking go check this place out when we're up in Maine. But yeah, I I could fucking do these lighthouse mysteries all the time, dude. All the time. I fucking love this shit. Anything to do with Maine, really. On the coast? Forget it. And I, I like that we can have a little bit more fun with this. Like nobody fucking died. I mean, unfortunately, somebody, I guess, did die. The lady with the with the axe to the head for playing the same song. But so there's nothing sort of relatable to... <laughs> I feel like there's no substance to the death that we're talking about there. You know, it seems like uh, maybe that was uh, pretty much made up. Or, you know, at least embellished, right. embellished throughout the fucking... Uh, <laughs> throughout the decades. It's almost like... When there's a certain amount of time that's passed since the murder occurred, it's 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 not, it's no longer it's of consequence. So terrible, but you know, you just the, the story behind it of just like going insane from hearing the same fucking song over and over again. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely. It's like when my kids are listening to a song, like the, whatever type of song they like right now, and it's like you hear it for fucking twenty times in a row, and you just start you you feel yourself getting hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it comes down to is in a situation like this where you're basically pushed to your limits, nobody really truly knows what they're capable of. Well, all it takes is that one little push to go right over the edge. Yeah, just freaking snap. That's it. But yeah, this was a good one. I really like this one. I kind of like it that we didn't have to talk about Magnata killing kittens and decapitating someone. We didn't have to talk about fucking Tanza with a gross-ass tube going up a corpse. I mean, it's a nice little change of pace. Yeah. There is a nice eeriness about uh an old lighthouse too especially when it's on an island chris i gotta say next week i'm working on something a little special i'm gonna talk to you about it off air but uh basically we're gonna be asking someone to take us to your eater excuse me Uh uh-huh 
buddy, next week we might be talking about a UFO sighting. Ooh. <laughs> Something I have no interest in, but it's uh, local, so yeah, we might do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, as the listener, have no control over it, so... <laughs> It's so funny when I look at the stats for the show. So like, obviously, when the, when the show comes out, like on a Thursday or whatever the fuck we release it, the stats are like really good for like up three days, and then after that third day, bro, it drops down to fucking nothing. So it's like <laughs> people people are done. Yeah, I suppose the the fact that we skipped a week has certainly put us at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> well, I keep laughing because uh, last week's episode, whatever the fuck I said, you know, the only guarantee in life is that we will be releasing an episode a week. <laughs> the- <laughs> sure as shit, we don't. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, but this was a good one, man. The beautiful state of Maine, it welcomed us, and we welcomed her right back, bud. And something tells me that we will be returning. Oh, yes, and maybe doing a live episode this summer. Ooh, you're not kidding, man. That's a great fucking idea. All right, let me get the rundown here in case anybody wants to get in touch with us. And actually, Chris, whoa, whoa, stop the press. Hold the presses. I forgot to tell everybody. Chris, we got our first email last week or the week before. Oh, that's right. Uh, One of our listeners, John, wrote me an email, and uh, I'm going to work with him a little bit on some sound issues we've had. Um, I wrote him back, uh, so... He lives uh, not too far from me, so uh, hopefully he can give me a hand on uh, some of the fucking uh, technical issues we're having. But I was just so shocked when I opened up the email and I saw one notification. It wasn't from you, Chris. <laughs> wasn't from somebody we knew. Yeah. Uh, and, and on even better news, my friend Chris Smith-Hedges is out of the hospital, so she's made a recovery. And uh, everything seems to be looking up, Chris. Always glad to hear that. So let me give the rundown. So maybe we'll get another email. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe this time we'll uh, get two. We don't know. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Between the Cracks Podcast. Yeah, Between the Cracks Podcast on Facebook. Or if you want to get up close and personal and maybe rub on Chris a little bit, you could reach him at Between the Cracks Podcast on Instagram. Would you like them to rub you, Chris? I'll pass on that one. <laughs> uh, so until next week. Oh, whoa, it's episode number 20 next week, Chris. So we really have to throw uh, a little bit of a party. Yeah. All right. We'll have to have something special for our audience. <laughs> and that means... Another week of no <laughs> I was gonna, maybe fucking the, research. <laughs> maybe the special fucking uh, surprise was that we actually researched something before we get on here and start fucking <laughs> blabbering. Oh, shit. All right, guys, so that's it. So until next week, we bid you the fondest oh farewells. Is that even fucking English? (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three, and rolling. All right, everybody. Uh Uh-oh. Did you move the mic? Uh, Okay. Hold on. I hear something. Yeah, I heard something moving. Hold on. Here we go. What? Sorry, this fucking... I just missed what you said because this ad popped up on this goddamn uh, site. Fucking unreal. Um, so what we George Washington commissioned the fucking thing.
Do you want me to continue? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about yet. So let me see. Hold on. So when did they they start shutting this fucking thing down? In uh... they just shut it down last year. So as the story goes, <clears throat> fucking asshole. Oh, it's up past Port. I thought it was in near Kenny fucking Bunkport. Are you familiar with Bath? I like to take baths. <laughs> I'm talking about the town in Maine, Bill. Oh, 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 no, I'm not. Tell me more, Chris. 